I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome back to Inside Arsenal. I hope you're all having a very good Thursday, wherever you're watching or listening to today's episode around the world. Getting closer to the weekend now. Big, big game coming up for Arsenal at West Ham. Mikel Arteta will be holding his press conference at London Colney tomorrow. Sorry, sorry. I'm going <laughs> to... No, I'm not even sorry. It's not the Shoba Training Centre, Shoba Realty Training Centre. It's London Colney. It always will be London Colney. So, yes, anyway, Mikel Arteta is having his press conference at London Colney tomorrow, 1.30pm. That is scheduled for, so we'll hear the latest from him. Hopefully get some updates on team news. Gabriel Jesus, um, Fabio Vieira, maybe players like that. We'll find out what's going on with all those guys. Interesting to see what the mood has been like at London Colney following that fantastic win against Liverpool at the weekend. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on in this show, who could well be starting that game, some of the decisions facing Mikel Arteta. Um, talk about Marquinhos as well, whose move to Brazil is edging closer. Uh, according to Fabrizio Romano, Yuri uh, Timber's been speaking about his the difficulties he's faced uh, as he continues to fight back from this cruciate ligament injury that he suffered on the opening day of the season. He's very, very close now to return, which is really exciting news. So plenty for us to get cracking on today. We'll start with Urien, not Urien Timber, sorry, we'll start with Marquinhos, um, who I was speaking about in yesterday's show, actually talking about how um, it was expected that once the sort of World Cup, oh, sorry, well, not World Cup, the um, Olympics qualifying that he's currently competing in for the Brazilian under-23 team is out of the way, then his loan move to Brazil should be wrapped up pretty, pretty quickly. Um, been in talks with a few clubs over there, Arsenal, about a loan deal, quite a bit of interest in the young winger Fluminense and Corinthians were the two clubs that I was told about. And uh, Romano here is saying now that Fluminense have agreed on a loan deal to sign Marquinhos from Arsenal. He says a verbal pact is in place to be completed in the coming days. Marquinhos has already accepted just waiting on the final formal steps. Deal will include a buy option 
clause from AFC, which is what I heard as well, that the buy option was definitely going to be part of this deal. Um, I don't think it's done. Certainly not last time I was speaking to someone about it. It wasn't done. It was still to be kind of finalised, which I suppose is what what Romano is saying here. Um, and But yeah, it's looking very, very likely that that will be happening, that we head off to Brazil. And I don't know the figures on the deal yet, but you would think that Arsenal, you would certainly hope if the deal does go through and it does include a buy option and that buy option does end up getting triggered, then you would hope Arsenal certainly make a little bit of a profit on him. I can't imagine it'd be a huge profit, but you'd imagine it would certainly be a bit of a profit. And sometimes that's all you've got to do with these deals. You know, some of them work, some of them don't, but if you can at least turn a profit on those deals, then you've done yourself all right. Marquinhos was always kind of a let's sign him and see type signing. It was never going to be a foregone conclusion. He was going to come over and be a success. Obviously, tipped as the next Martinelli when you make a signing like that which is always a very easy thing to label a player with. Um, but yeah, he was very, very raw. Arsenal knew that when they got him. He made a big impact early on. Looked like he could maybe cut it and make a career for himself in the Premier League. Didn't quite work out. Didn't really kick on after that bright, bright start. Had a couple of loan spells that didn't work out as well. So maybe a move back to Brazil, to his native homeland, is what um, is what he needs to really get himself going. And uh, yeah, so as Romano says, that should be completed relatively quickly. But because... It's a deal happening with a Brazilian club. There is no absolute rush. I think their transfer window shuts in March. So it's not like, obviously, our transfer window shut last week and there was a bit of a rush to get things done in terms of that. But it's just, you're not working to that sort of timescale when it comes to this deal. So there's no, they're not uh, desperately trying to beat the clock to get this signing done. But I'm sure it will be happening. The fact he was left out of the Champions League squad as well yesterday, which I spoke about in, in, in the show, you know, I think that spoke volumes about how confident Arsenal are that this deal will go through um, in the next, uh, I don't know, next couple of weeks, perhaps something like that. So Marquinhos on his way out of Arsenal. One player who, (laughs) I was going to say one player who could be on his way in. We'll wait and see. I don't want to add to any speculation when it comes to Ivan Tony because there's a lot of stuff still to happen when it comes to him and where he's going to end up. But Arsenal obviously going to be a club mentioned heavily with Ivan Tony. There have been a club been who have been mentioned heavily Ivan to Ivan Tony for some time now. We do know that he's a player that they like and they are looking at um, when it comes to signing this striker that we're all desperately waiting to see who Arsenal bring in. And Tony is at the top. Thomas Frank's been speaking about Tony's future, says it is relatively obvious that Ivan Tony will probably be sold this summer. We also know what he is worth. I don't think there are many strikers in the world who are better than him right now. He's a really skilled striker who is in his prime football age. Personally, as a coach, I would prefer to keep Tony, but one day it could be fun to see him in a top team. This winter, we actually had no offers for him, but it will surprise me if there aren't a lot of clubs that will be interested in him. Yeah, I'm not surprised that there were no bids for him this winter with everyone having the financial issues that they had. I don't think anyone was in a position to pay the sort of money that Brentford were asking for when it came to Ivan Tony come the summer. I mean, these comments have caused quite a bit of a stir over here in England, what Thomas Frank has been saying. Um, I don't know why, because I think it's pretty blatantly obvious that what he's saying is correct. I think we all know it. It's, maybe it's a surprise sometimes when managers come out and say things so publicly like this. Um, but it's no surprise, is it? I think we all know that Ivan Tony is going to go somewhere. We can't see any way really stays at Brentford. And even if he did... I can't imagine he would sign his contract. So it would be a case of seeing out his final year at Brentford. But Brentford, from a business point of view, doesn't really make any sense for them to to allow that to happen. So if there is a market for Ivan Tony, which we fully expect there will be, then he's going to go this summer. When when 
Frank sits there though and says, we also know what he is worth. I don't think there are many strikers in the world who are better than him right now. I think that also shines a light on the kind of bargaining position Brentford are going to put themselves in when it comes to negotiations with anyone uh, for Ivan Tony, You know, a year left in his contract. I think he's 27 or 28 now. If they realistically think they're going to get around £100 million for Ivan Tony in the summer, they might end up disappointed. I don't think there will be many clubs banging the door down, especially when finances are so tight now and profit and sustainability is such a thing in football now that you're going to have clubs absolutely banging down the door of Brentford saying, OK, we're going to give you £100 million for this striker with 12 months left on his deal, who is approaching 30. might well be in his prime right now, but there's going to be very little resale value on him. Whether Arsenal go anywhere near the sort of value that Brentford would want for Tony, Tony, we'll have to wait and see. Like I said, he is a striker that they like. We know that, but there's plenty of other strikers around Europe at the moment, which they will like as well and which will be on the list. So I don't think it's far from a far, far foregone conclusion that Ivan Tony ends up at Arsenal by any means. But still interesting comments from um, uh, Thomas Frank nonetheless. And let me know your thoughts on it all about Marquinhos's move. Uh, how you think that has panned out for Arsenal with Marquinhos or Ivan Tony? You know, do you think they should be in the running for Ivan Tony come the summer? Do you think he's worth potentially £100 million or not? Let me know anything about those two stories in the comments below. Right, Urian Timber's been speaking about his return. A really good piece actually went up on the Arsenal website yesterday. If you haven't seen it yet, I'll put the little, I'll put a link to the interview in the description below. Well worth a read. There's some interesting stuff from him. He talks about everything, about his family, his brothers, growing up as a twin, playing football with his brother, you know, through the teams he's been with in, in uh, Holland and then coming over to England. And of course, he's been talking about his recovery and the injury he suffered um, and how tough that has been for him. And it must have been so, so tough. It really must have been. It'll be interesting to see if they Arsenal release a documentary. We know we like their sort of documentaries that they do when they um, follow an injured player through sort of every step of his rehab. We saw it first of all, I think, with Bellerin, didn't we? And they've done similar with other players as well. Gabriel Jesus had one. It'd be very interesting to see if they do on Urien Timber, especially given he just arrived at the club. He was on it, basically you know, got his dream move. He just moved over here. His first game in the Premier League and he suffers that injury. Now, how he dealt with that, mentally off the pitch in a new country, in a new city, in a new club, with new teammates. It must have been incredibly difficult and it'd be a really interesting documentary series if Arsenal did do that. I have no idea if they did or not. But this is what he had to say about the recovery. He said, look, of course, at some points it's been difficult because you're not playing and that's the thing that you love to do. Sometimes you really want to join the team when you're enjoying the game so much, you really want to get down there and be part of it. That's frustrating because sometimes it looks so amazing you want to be a part of it. But I use that as a motivation during my recovery. I see the boys a lot at the training ground, but also at games. And that's been good for me too. These months will definitely make me stronger. It's an opportunity for me to do well. So even though I'm not playing, I can take this moment to become stronger mentally, physically, and also to feel at home with this group of boys. It's an opportunity I've taken with both hands. I've had some more time to watch the team, see how they play, how I can fit in when I go on the pitch. So looking at the positives, I think there have been many. It's a really good sort of mindset to have as a player. And you speak to Mikel Arteta about Urien Timber and what he's been like during this injury rehab process. And Arteta talks so glowingly about him and the way he's approached it. And basically what Timber's been saying there, how he's tried to use it as a positive to get to know the team, to get to know how they play. You know, He's been at all the games, he watches them. You always see him at the Emirates. 
after the match going down the tunnel and around in the mix zone area and things like that. He's, it, you know, it could have been easy, I suppose, to feel sorry for yourself and almost drift away a little bit from the team and from the club while you're working on your recovery. But he's really thrown himself into it and um, and been around the place constantly. I and mean, you see him in the dressing room. I mean, he's in the dressing room after the game at the weekend. Um, and he's always there. And I think that's a really good thing. And hopefully it will be used as a real positive, as he says there. Um, in terms of his recovery, obviously, we're getting there. We're getting closer, as I spoke about yesterday. The fact he's been named in the Champions League knockout stages squad is a good thing. It's another sign that Arsenal really do believe he's hopefully going to be able to make some sort of impact on this season. I don't think, you know, we're not talking about two weeks away from suddenly making his debut. He's not going to be playing in Porto, for example, in a couple of weeks' time. But he is getting there, and that's a really, really good thing. And I can't wait to see him in action. But having said all that, and I've mentioned it many a times, there's there's got to be no pressure put on Urien Timber to perform. You know, it's probably going to be next season when we see him at his best or looking anywhere near close to his best that we saw from him last summer when he arrived at the club and looked so, so good and like he'd settled so, so quickly. It's going to take time. You've got to work on it mentally. It's a big barrier to pass when you come back from an injury like that, going into your first couple of games, you know, going into your first few sprints, really putting pressure on that leg in the high intensity of a Premier League game. So it's not just a it's not just a physical thing, it's a mental thing as well he's got to deal with. So you just don't want to put too much pressure on him to hit the ground running straight away and be this player that we saw in the summer straight away. It's going to take a while. But um, yeah, I thought a really interesting comments from from Urian Timber and the, the whole piece is a really good thing to have a look at. So yeah, in the description below, you can find the link to the Arsenal website. I love the fact that Arsenal put out yesterday a piece on their website of uh, like the top moments when players picked up cameras and took photos. It just felt like a right sodger type message to everyone who was having a go at Martin Odegaard taking a photo of um, Stuart on the pitch. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, looking ahead to the game against West Ham on Sunday, some big decisions for Mikel Arteta to make in terms of who plays and who doesn't. You know, midfield um, is going to be really, really interesting to see who lines up there. But I also thought up front is going to be really, really interesting. We don't know, of course, what's happening with Gabriel Jesus yet, whether he's going to be fit for this game. Um, so we'll wait and see on that. If he's not, then what do you do as a central striker? For me, I think Kai Havertz keeps his place. I think he's done more than enough to keep his place. I thought he was excellent against Liverpool. Such a 
really, really difficult game against two top, top centre-backs in Canate and Van Dijk. He gave him real difficulties throughout, especially in the second half. You know, it was him who got Canate sent off. Canate just couldn't deal with him in the end. And although he didn't take his chance, the one sort of big chance he got, obviously, when it was saved and Saka scored, his all-round game was absolutely excellent. And I think, I just think he deserves to keep his place. You know, if Jesus isn't there, I wouldn't be going with Nketiah for this one. I'd certainly be keeping Havertz there. I just think when I feel so much more comfortable with Havertz when he's there, he just looks more comfortable. And I think Arsenal as a team play really, really well when Havertz is in that central strikers role. Um, and it allows you to then play, you know, do whatever you want in midfield, whether it be Jorginho, whether it be Smith Rowe. So for me, Havertz keeps his place in that side. And I think Tommy Asu certainly, if he's fit, having come back from. Asian uh, Asian Cup, then Tomiyasu comes in at left-back if Sinchenko is, as expected, sitting this one out. But let me know your thoughts below. Who do you think should start this game? Would it be Havertz? Would it be um, Nketiah if, of course, Jesus isn't ready to go? Okay, moving on to some questions and comments now. Paul here's got in touch. Hi, Paul. You say, hi, Charles. After talking about defenders in yesterday's show, for me personally, I think signing Hato would be perfect for us, who as a player is young, has already gained a lot of experience by playing regularly, not just in the Dutch league, but in Europe as well. Also being captain of Ajax with Timber being here, it would make him easier to settle in. Yeah, look, excellent talent. Looks like an exceptional player. I haven't seen loads of him, I fully admit. But what I have seen looks good and what people I've spoken to about him suggests that he's a really, really talented young player. And obviously, we know that Arsenal like him and are tracking him. Whether that whether they actually manage to sign him in the summer, that remains to be seen. But um, it could well happen. I wonder if you sign someone like Hato, though. Um, I wonder what that means for Kivior. I wonder if, you know, potentially you look to move Kivior on to make room in the squad for Hato. I, I, I feel there's space for one more, but I always think there's space for one more because you want, always want one more in your squad, don't you? But I, I think when you actually sort of look at it, if Tommy Asu's back, um, as well, of course, and Timber comes back and he's fit and you sign Hato. Do you really need Kivior, another left-sided centre-back? I'm not sure. And I wonder if you, there will be interest in Kivior in the summer. I'm absolutely sure of it. There's been interest basically since he arrived at Arsenal. There's been interest from Italy in taking him back there. There was interest in the, in the January window. Arsenal would, wouldn't even entertain that. But I do wonder if they really push for Hato and it becomes realistic that they could actually get him. I wonder what that means for Kivior. I wonder if it'd be a case of one out and one in come the summer. Uh, yeah, so that could be an interesting one. Um, Rob, Rob Carb, I can't, I'm, I'm really sorry, mate. I'll just call you Rob. Call you Rob. Hopefully that's fine. You say, hi, Charles. Two questions for me. Do you see Arsenal continuing to spend big in the summer like in previous summers or will FFP be a concern? Also loved your book. Thank you very much. Do you have any future ambitions of writing another? Uh, not so much right now. No, although I've got to update the book that I've wrote, obviously Revolution, I'm doing a, the paperback comes out at the end of this season. I've got to do a bit of an update for that. So sort of freshen it up a little bit, include stuff that's gone on this season. Uh, so that's coming out in summer. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But in terms of a whole new book, then right now, no, not uh, not right now. I certainly wouldn't rule it out in the future because I did enjoy it, but it was uh, it was pretty tiring, pretty mentally draining. So I would certainly have a break for now. Uh, in terms of Arsenal continuing to spend big in the summer, yes, I've fully expect that they're going to go again in the summer. You know, they kept the powder dry in January because of the issues that they were facing, not just them, lots of clubs. But, you know, come the summer, there's going to be the new Emirates deal kicks in. You've got your Champions League money banked for the season, provided Arsenal, which looks likely, get qualify again for the Champions League. They're going to have that sort of safety net there of knowing there's more Champions League money coming in. Um, 
and so yes, I fully expect that they're uh, they they will go they will go again and they will make some significant signings come the summer. So yes, I expect it to be a uh, exciting one from an Arsenal fan point of view. Here's one from HFN3778. It says, where is Fabio Vieira? Last seen him in Dubai training photos four weeks ago. He's more than a month overdue recovery from his groin surgery. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to get to London Colney tomorrow for Mikel's press conference because I've got some stuff at home that I need to sort out tomorrow. Um, so I'm not going to be able to get there, I don't think. Because if I was, I'd be very interested to actually ask this question about where Fabio Vieira is. He was at the game at the weekend. He was down in the in the dressing room after the match with the players. Um, and like you said, he was over in Dubai, but I've not seen him around since then in terms of sort of being close or in the, on the training pitch or anything like that. So it'll be interesting to see if there is a bit of an update from Mikel on Fabio Vieira. But uh, yeah, he, the, the plan, last time I spoke to someone, he was, like, oh, he was a couple of weeks away. Uh, but it's been a couple of weeks since that and still no sign of him. So uh, maybe he comes back this week. I don't know. But um, yeah, unfortunately, I, if I wasn't London Colney tomorrow, this is uh, be a bit, bit of a thing that I'd be looking to ask Mikel Arteta because I think it's quite interesting to find out the latest update on Fabio Vieira. So unfortunately, I can't really clear it up too much right now. But next time I am at Colney, if we haven't heard from him, haven't heard anything about him yet, then it will be something I'll put to Mikel, see what he has to say about that. Uh, here's one from CJN. Joku One says, hi, Charles. Brilliant content. I've been watching since Thomas Party tricked us all on deadline day. Uh, what a day that was. My question for the show is, do you feel Arteta will be a manager to stay for 15 plus years as he seems to be building such a young team and this is his first ever managerial job? I also feel the story behind him is so spe so special, bringing us from the dead. I feel, he is, I feel he may be able to replicate a Wenger, especially with the relationship he has with a Kronky and Edu. Uh, no, personally, I don't see him being a 15 plus year manager at Arsenal. I expect him to be a 15 plus year manager in the game, but no, I don't think it'd be a good thing either. I, I don't really want to see another Wenger type managerial appointment unless it's just hugely successful and wins everything season after season, then yeah, by all means keep him. But if you don't, and I don't think there's anyone in this era, certainly while Manchester City are as strong as they are, that you're going to win everything year after year. So I do think you probably have to shake things up a little bit from time to time. So um, I don't think he'll be a 15 plus years manager and I don't think he should be. I think he'll be here for another few years. Yeah, I think he'll sign another contract and he'll really push to get Arsenal to where he wants them to be because they're not there yet. Um, but I think he will he will move on and he will try things. And he's an ambitious man. He's got definitely got ambitions to manage in Spain. I know that. Um, and so I do think he'll move on at some point, but no time soon anyway. Uh, here's one from uh, no name, just a user uh, handle name. says, strangely, my takeaway from the Liverpool game was that we need to look at the left wing. An additional player with speed is necessary to replace Martinelli at about 80 minutes when he looks like he has spent every last ounce of his energy. Uh, Trossard is a wonderful player who is the first name on the list for me against opponents who play tight and narrow. He's awesome in tight spaces, but where the play is more open and speed is the main need, he is not so great. Um, scores often enough though. We need to strengthen the sixth position. Georgian party are great at the moment, but you can see their light dim in the next couple of seasons. I'm sad that you think Walters is going with some time in the team. I think he's a player that can be brought through. Uh, I mean, he could be, yes, but Arsenal have got White, um, Tommy Asu, and Timber. And so, I mean, where does Walters fit into that? You know, you've got three top quality right backs there. So where does Walter fit in? I'm just not sure he does. It's kind of very similar to Lino Sosa on the left side. When you look at who Arsenal have options at left back, I just don't really see that. So that's why I think Walters will probably end up going. Uh, I agree about the winger. I don't necessarily think it has to be a left-sided winger. I think either side does. I mean, I've spoken about it before. But I think Pedro Neto is absolutely perfect for Arsenal. 
the the pace that you talk about, I think is really, really important. I think it's a great point. I think Arsenal do lack that when it's not Martinelli or Saka. They don't really have anyone else who's absolutely lightning quick. And Pedro Neto is that. He can play on the right. He can play on the left. He gives you options on both sides. He can play centrally as well. Um, and I think he, I just think he's absolutely perfect for Arsenal. I'd be throwing a lot of money towards Wolves this this summer to try and sign Pedro Neto. Um, I just think he's perfect. So while I don't think I, I, I agree with what you're saying about certainly a winger and need, needing pace, I don't think it necessarily has to be someone who just covers Martinelli. I think it could be either side. And I think Pedro Neto is absolutely that man. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for your time, as always. Do appreciate it. I'll be back tomorrow. I think Inside Arsenal Extra Time with James Benj. I'm filming that later today. That's going to go out tomorrow morning, though, because like I said, I've got some stuff around the house I've got to sort out tomorrow, which is why I can't go to London Colney. Uh, and I'm not going to be able to record anything in the morning. So I'm going to record Inside Arsenal Extra Time today, this afternoon, and I'm going to put that out in the morning. Then hopefully I will be around in the afternoon to at least watch the press conference, and then I'll pop back on and do a video after that talking about what Mikel Arteta has had to say. Lots of you have already been getting in touch with your Inside Arsenal Extra Time questions. I collated loads of those from yesterday. So thank you very much for that. If any more of you want to get in touch and uh, get them, you're going to have to do it very, very quickly because, like I said, a recording in just a couple of hours' time now with James Bench. But you know what to do. Extra time in the comment and then your question, opinion, whatever, just down below. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate your time. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. 